for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, welcome. We are actually not Lyle and Lawson. Nope. It's Blake and Lawson. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Lawson. Correct. How are you? I am fantastic. Excellent. I am also fantastic. So good. Do you feel refreshed? I, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I I slept last night. If you answer, do you feel refreshed with like, yeah. No, that's not refreshing. Oh, what? Well, mm. Sorry. Actually, I was grateful. Oh. And then I read some news this morning that made oh. me ungrateful. And that was, so yesterday I went for a run. Okay. Yeah. I, heard. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling you about this. I went for a run and I did 5Ks and I ran it in like 27 minutes. And I'm like, okay. Whoa, 27 minutes, 5K. I'm, that's pretty I'm, good. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. It's all right. You know, I'm just, I'm just working my way up. Uh, and then I read this morning the world record had just been set. Uh, of a 10k that's 27 minutes and 43 seconds. So this guy Jack Rayner is literally running at double speed. Double speed. I'm like, wow. well, hey, it makes you feel better. I couldn't run a 5k in 27 minutes. So I'm, that, that might be my no, 1K. Blake. It doesn't make me feel better. It might be my 1k, and that could be like a that could be a 10x. I don't know, but I wonder how fast people run in Harvey. Western Australia, who uh-huh. are listening on 87.6. Oh, oh. Also, we've got some beautiful listeners in Bernie, Tasmania. I'm actually born near Bernie, but oh, California. Wow. Uh-huh. A little bit different place. Uh-huh. Same kind of people. Penrith, uh, New South Wales, 88 point, well, just 88.0. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I'm kind of a big, I'm a big bluegrass guy. Yeah. I didn't know that I was, but like, just, I mean, I always knew that I was, but then like I went home, spent some time with my bluegrass folks mm-hmm. and I came back and I was like, I love bluegrass. Yeah. Especially interestingly enough, like California has a pretty strong tradition of bluegrass as oh, well. It's great. Well, nor- Northern, North, California Northern California is basically the Southern United States. Yeah. You just got to, and people call, there's people who want to actually leave it and, and call it Jefferson State. Mm. And I might be one of those people. <laughs> hey, well, let's have our first question for the quiz. Which of the following was not a city of refuge? Okay, which of the following was not a city of refuge? Multiple choice. A, Succoth. B, Hebron. C, Golan. Or Golan. Golan. Uh, or D, Shechem. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Again, the question was, which of the following was not a city of refuge? A, Succoth, B, Hebron, C, Golan, or D, Shechem. If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win Bibleopoly, the board game, a biblical board game of fun and faith where you get to pretend you're playing Monopoly, <laughs> but work together to to advance the cause of the Lord. That's my favorite part. <laughs> well, you can pretend you're playing Monopoly. But no, actually, it's, 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 it's a fantastic game. Like, Mon- Monopoly is fun. This is Bibleopoly. Even better. It's also fantastically fun and amazing. We'll give it to you absolutely for free, provided you win the draw, provided you enter the draw, provided you answer this question correctly. Wow. 0491-064-669. Succoth, Hebron, Golan, or Shechem, which was not a city of refuge. Lawson, what is some good news? Some good news. I want some good news this morning. Goldfish actually remember things. <laughs> Right? What? No, no seriously. No, no. no the, Do they even the have research, brains? The research has been done. Tight. It's conclusive. 
Okay. Conclusive. Okay, so we are sure that goldfish have brains. Yeah, hundred okay, so percent. Okay, Gold, goldfish have brains. They have they have eyes. They have brains. They have fins and flippers well, and just having eyes and doesn't make you have brains. Sometimes. But the commonly spouted myth is that gold uh, goldfish only have memories that last like thirty seconds or something like this. Okay, and it's like they're they're just so dumb and they just swim around. And they're like blah blah blah. Um, but it turns out the goldfish. Uh, are, sorry, uh, one one sec. What was it's again? it's it's blah blah blah. Okay, just yeah, it's check. a French goldfish. You know, oh. if we're from America, they'd be like blah blah blah. Wow. And then from Australia, okay, like blah blah blah. But these ones are blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, these goldfish. Yeah. They were taught. This is in Oxford University. They were taught how to measure distances. What? Consistently. Like, just give them a little tiny tape measure? No, so what they would do is they would have a tank and they would have, like, a kind of ruler in the tank and they'd have, like, taped lines in the tank. And if the goldfish swam a certain distance, when it turned around and returned back, it would receive a treat. Now, if it swam shorter than that distance, it wouldn't get a treat. If it swam longer than that distance, it wouldn't get a treat. But if it swam exactly that distance, it would. Hmm. And with 100% accuracy, every single goldfish consistently learned to swim the length of the tank that they wanted them to swim, turn around at that length, swim back, receive the treat, and then just do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And again, this is a this is not good news for me. This Why? is depressing because goldfish are more consistent than I am in my life choices. Uh. So now I'm actually a little bit depressed <laughs> that you're telling me that goldfish what? are a hundred percent consistent in making their choices of how far to go and return so they can get their. No, treat. I think like the hundred percent consistency is that everyone was able to be taught. Sure, they made some mistakes okay. sometimes, but like, wow. at I the beginning, say, they had no idea what they were doing, and by the end, they're they're on the program. They're on the money. Yeah, they know so what's up. it just takes consistent training That's with That's right. Correct. <laughs> we're all just Rob's in life's fishbowl. <laughs> we're all just goldfish in life's fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that that's actually kind of interesting research, because not just not just for the fact that now we know that goldfish can do this, but mm-hmm. I, I actually do like that. Like, if a goldfish can do this, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of gives hope for all of us. Like, yeah. hey, through consistency and training, you can become a hundred percent consistent. And let's know? let's let's make this let's make this spiritual. Okay, okay. Let's okay. let's have a spiritual application here, okay. because who's drawing the lines? Is it the goldfish? He's drawing no, the lines no. in the tank. He's putting the tape down. He's feeding them. Scientists. The scientists on the outside. Yeah. The people doing Lab this coats. research. You know, there's there's someone external to the goldfish Ooh. who is much above the plane of thinking of the goldfish who's leading them and guiding them. And there's someone who is much ablo- above our plane. Of thinking. Of thinking. Uh, and of existence. And of power. And of strength. Uh, and of, you know deserving of receiving worship who is much more above us who is wanting to lead and guide us and if we are just willing to submit ourselves daily to him let him work in our hearts and in our lives have a consistent experience with him we will grow and that is god so mm. be god's goldfish <laughs> in god's fishbowl be, be god's goldfish okay uh-huh. so 
Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. I, I like to think of my Heavenly Father as a little more personal than the lab coat, but I do yeah, like sure. the analogy. You know, yeah. like these guys are in there with their lab coats. I, I just imagine they've got like beakers with like steam coming out. Sure. I'm not, I'm not sure why, but it's sure. just, it feels it's, right. It's like marine biologists <laughs> yeah. that have beakers with steam. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> some chemist some chemi- stuff's happening in the background. Yeah. It just needs to be happening. It just needs to be that. It's yeah. really just dry ice. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, no, I I do I do see the the spiritual implication of this as well oh. too. Like, you know, we look at goldfish like ah oh, little goldfish, <laughs> and I wonder like you know, but God created us in His image, and He mm-hmm. gave us these beautiful, intelligent minds for creativity mm-hmm. and self, you know, autonomy mm-hmm. and self authenticity you know, mm-hmm. to make these decisions. And he gave us some, but ultimately our best version of ourself is when we reflect God's character Ooh. most, right? Amen. And so the more we can be, uh, the more we can be like our creator, the more, mm. I guess, I guess that's the treat, you know, mm-hmm. like in goldfish are just getting a little treat right here. Uh-huh. But like when we start to actually reflect the character of God yes. in our lives and towards other people, mm. um, that is truly the treat of mm. life. You know, when people look at us and go like, hey, you're nothing like you were mm. because you're more like him mm. who created us. That, that's cool. I wish more people would say that about me. I, I, I love that. So. Mm. Amen. Yeah. yeah, fantastic story. Another fantastic oh, story. This is, in, this is in regards to, you know, actually mental health, which is kind of a stretch from goldfish remembering things. But there is, there is some tenuous relationship between this. In the armed forces in the United States, there has been an overall 30% drop in suicide between 2021 and 2022. Amen. Which is amazing. That I is, uh, that makes me super happy. I actually did this challenge one time. Uh, I think it was 22 kill. Mm-hmm. And it's basically recognizing that 22 veterans in America take their own lives every single day. Mm. And so I was doing 22 push-ups a day, you know, uh, to raise awareness for that. And so I'm actually really happy uh, that that's actually taken place. Mm. Amazing. Hey, we have uh, Bruce on the phone giving comment to what we were just saying. Bruce, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Hebrews 11, where it says about the goldfish, you know, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, what you were saying, these people were rewarding the fish and they were diligently seeking mm. his will. There you go. That is amazing. We, That's awesome. We're the same. So, this is where science and the Bible meet here That's on right. FM. Amen. That's awesome, Bruce. Thank you. Oh, Bruce, thank you so much. But, yeah, back to the armed forces in America. Obviously, uh, suicide amongst all of the, the high-pressured working environments i think like uh, veterans um former sports athletes like this these areas are just it's it's an epidemic oh for sure uh and it's amazing to see the like because the 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 change the, the change and the question is well why did this happen uh the pentagon has um mobilized two thousand new mental health workers in this space who just work with veterans and also currently serving uh, servicemen. And yes, it's incredible. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM. Positively different. 
Amen. But hey, we have another question for the quiz. In the parable, what did the man with one talent do with his talent? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go in the draw to win my Bilopoly, the board game. We'll give it to you for free. You just have to win the draw. To get in the draw, you just have to answer these questions correctly. If you want any terms and conditions in regards to our quiz, you can head over to faithfm.com.au to have a look at those. And... If you just want to play for bragging rights, if you don't want to enter to win this amazing prize of Bibleopoly, you can just play for bragging rights. All you have to do is state it, write down, hey, I would like to play for bragging rights, or put a star beside your answer, and then we'll know. Mm -hmm. So state it or star it. But 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and that question was in the parable, what did the man with one talent do with his talent? Wow. I, I got a couple things I need to announce. Uh-huh. Number one, I just got a picture texted to us. And I know we're supposed to talk about it later, but I can't. I uh-huh. got to talk about it right now. Uh-huh. And Feely has, she's on her morning walk and she has just sent in, not a goldfish, but Nemo. Uh-huh. And then we had an argument about it. It's a fish that's gold. So in my mind, that counts. So Feely, thank you so much for bringing that in. And uh, we win. It's a goldfish in my mind. And we can teach Uh, Nemo. If you can teach a goldfish, you can teach Nemo as well too. So that's one thing. Uh, Second thing is something, I got to talk about some changes that have happened. So Mm -hmm. here, uh, right near the studio, they've set up, I I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's Turkish Goslim. Is that how it's called? Uh, Goslime. Goslime, maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to say it, but there's a brand new Goslime or Goslim Turkish food uh, hut Uh right here in Glendale. I had some. It was beautiful. And the change was good, but there's some changes that are happening in ACT (laughs) that are not good. Yeah. Okay? So we go from one of my favorite types of Turkish food to... Some pretty gnarly legislation uh-huh. that has just come uh-huh. out recently today. Are you ready for this? I am incredibly ready. So the ACT government has ignored concerns of ACT police, the Australian Federal Police, and 1,800 ACT residents who have now signed a petition sponsored by Jeremy Hansen. Okay? And the legislation is essentially to decriminalize the possession of up to 15 lines of of destructive mind-altering drugs such as methamphetamine and ice, or known as ice. Yeah. So 1.5 grams. So this is crazy, right? (laughs) Like, it's now legal to have 1.5 grams of meth, just recreationally, which is... Let me just that tell you. That is insane. My my mouth is open. My jaw is on the floor. Well, that let me let me be really real with some people here. I... I grew up <clears throat> Northern California. We talked about before mm-hmm. Jefferson State. Hopefully someday, but who knows? <laughs> um, but let me tell you, the methamphetamine epidemic that happens in America, mm-hmm. California, uh, it is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I have personal, I personally have family members who don't have teeth. Personally, I have family members who don't have teeth because of methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. Like th- this thing, this kind of drug. Uh, and it's not just methamphetamine. I, I want to point this out, too. This legislation is decriminalizing drug limits, which will include methamphetamine, 1.5 grams, cocaine, 1.5 grams, uh, MDMA, 1.5 grams, heroin, a gram, cannabis, 50 grams, psilocybin, which is uh, mushrooms, 1.5 grams, LSD, 001 grams. And the, the penalty for possession will be a caution or a $100 fine or 
a referral so to a drug program. That's penalty over and above what is legalized, or if you. I think that's the limit. Oh, I, I'm not sure. <clears throat> that's a good question. Like whatever that penalty is, is just one of those. Yeah. And what's what is really concerning is the ACT police. They they hold concerns yeah. that decriminalizing this. A proposed substance could increase road trauma, noting that driving under the influence is associated with higher harms, such as dangerous driving and vehicle collisions resulting in fatalities. That's just one of the tiny problems that can mm. come from this as well, too. And it's going to mean uh, Australian Federal Police Commissioner uh, Reese Kershaw said it's going to mean that organized crime will want to target this community in particular, so the ACT, like our mm. nation's capital, because they can move their product quite easily. The passing of this bill will make it difficult for the police to combat the rise of cocaine, methamphetamine, and heroin use. And these are not recreational drugs. Mm. This, is a, this is a very big thing that's happening. And mm. I just want to say as well, too, like you, you can go on uh, to sign a petition by Jeremy Hansen if, if you would like to. Because um, this new legislation doesn't get enacted until 2023, later in 2023. Mm. But to just open the floodgates yeah. of just to allow this type of, to decriminalize mm. that kind of drug uh, and just to say, hey, this is a thing, that this is a part of our lifestyle and our society. What is this saying about our nation's capital? What's this saying mm. about our, you know, the legislative government laws? Mm. I understand, and I don't support, but I understand uh the fight for legalization of drugs. I understand it. I don't support it because I have seen the devastating impact of mm. drugs in my life and my family, a very, very close family as well too. And so like, I understand like people are like, Oh, don't criminalize them. Criminalize the drug dealers. I get that. But when you start to do this, mm. you open the floodgates. And so everyone becomes a mule. Yeah, that's right. It, because I don't think this legislation is being matched by, an increased effort to bring down drug dealers. No. And so then as a result, you've just created a situation in which drug dealers can thrive. And furthermore, I think this really shows an ongoing trend in Australia where legislators aren't listening to police. Uh, we had in Australia last year the ending of the lockdown laws, which, uh, not the lockdown laws, sorry, the, the lockout laws, which is the idea that essentially after a certain time you can't get into clubs and whatnot. They, they were like, no, we're, we're, we're locking people out to, to, and, you know, encourage them to go home and stop partying and to quell binge drinking. Now, the lockdown, uh, the lockout laws, sorry, weren't perfect, uh, particularly because they were kind of manipulated by casinos and other big donators to not apply in certain places like casinos. Right. Uh, but that being said, you know, when it was called to be repealed here in Newcastle, in which there was it spread right throughout Newcastle. There wasn't any corruption in that sense of like there was a you know one particular area where the lock, lockout laws didn't apply. Uh, the police here in Newcastle were like, this is ridiculous. Like we are just causing so much harm. There's going to be so many more issues. Here we have the statistics from pre-lockout laws versus post-lockout laws right. showing a drastic drop in crime and all of these different things. But uh, in the end police, the people who are having to deal with these problems, weren't listening to and, and legislators pushed it through. And what it shows me is, you know, we talk 
a lot here on Faith FM about, you know, ideologies and agenda being pushed into to politics. Yeah. And I can really just see so clearly that, uh, yeah, this is just, this is just coming from a place of ideology and, and not fact. And I think as Christians, where, as Christians, we should stand up against the combining of church or ideology and state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should, we should want secular government, but then we are often persecuted because people just see as us as, can, can see us as purely ideological and not factual thinkers. Uh, but what I'm seeing is from every single side, there are people pushing ideologies and agendas that just factually are not correct, whether motivated by God or whether uh, like, well, thought to be motivated by God or whether thought to be motivated by, you know, they would say to this, oh, this is what we need to do because you're actually helping victims of drug abuse. But the reality, factual reality is the statistical reality is that this is incorrect this is harmful and this is going to make australia worse as a country i think that i think that acknowledging the fact that the police the federal police are saying hey this is going to invite organized crime into our nation's capital even more uh is a very serious concern Mm. that as christians we should be praying for our capital Mm. praying for our country definitely you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Lyle. Keep working on that kitchen. <laughs> Keep, Keep getting it done. Yeah. Ah, that's amazing. We're going to talk about uh, some grief today with uh-huh. a special guest. And Lawson, who is our guest? Jennifer Skews, Ooh. our regular Wednesday special guest. But before we get into it, we're going to have another question for the quiz. Okay. What nationality was Elkanah? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We know that he he's in the book of First Samuel, chap chapter one. I'm going to give you that clue. I'm going to going to let you guys have it. If you are a regular church attender, we we tell you you know don't go don't go after the the extra special clues and hints. You know leave that leave that for the non church attenders and try to use that big brain of yours. It's filled with Bible knowledge from going to church to try and get this answer. But if you're not a regular church attender, if you don't go every week, we give you license, we give you permission. Check this one out in First Samuel chapter one. But again, that question was what nationality was Elkanah? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Beautiful, Jennifer. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Very yes. clearly, very well. Ooh. Jennifer, welcome to the breakfast show this morning. Thank you. I heard Thank you. that we are going to be talking about some grief, which is actually kind of a it's a pretty difficult topic. And I've I have dealt with it myself. So I'm hoping to get some tips to deal with some myself as well too. So what's uh what's going on with grief here? Okay. Well this stem from a discussion we had last week on um, a lovely lady who lost everything to an arsonist who burnt down the home she lived in. Um, very unexpected, very sudden. Mm. So we talked about trauma and loss. And I said, this week I'd look a bit at the grief process. Yeah. Because grief, grief and loss is something we all will go through in our life. And I find the older you get, the more it happens because people, you know, people you love die, they move away, you move. There's so many types of losses we can experience. Um, certainly losing your home is huge because we're very attached to our home. And particularly when a loss is sudden like that, it, it's hard. You've got to come to terms with it. Mm. So 
we're going to have a look at that process a little bit more closely. And the grief you have is relative to your attachment and bonding to the person, to the situation, to the object. Um, so if you're closely attached, of course, once that break occurs, the grief is going to be huge. And in Australia, we're not really taught to grieve. Some cultures do have a grieving process when you think of the Irish and they have their wakes and they celebrate the life of the person, the Italians uh, and other cultures um, and the Asians have a process to help people grieve and, grieve and support them. In Australia, it's there are no rules and it seems that, uh, well, as I was growing up, that if you have a major loss, particularly of a loved one, then you just get on with life. Um, you're not meant to spend a lot of time feeling sad about it or showing your sadness. And if people talk about it after the event, after a while they're told to snap out of it, you know, that it's not that bad, get on with life, things like that. So people don't really understand or know how to grieve. Mm, um, I've seen and that there are, for sure. Oh, yes. And we've all experienced that. And so it's something that unless you find out for yourself, often we don't understand it. But certainly the supports around you, which is what we talked about last week, is uh, the person who had that loss did have a good support network. And that is very powerful in helping you get over the loss. Um, and again, unfortunately, once we have a loss, and I've experienced some major losses with the death of uh, loved ones in succession, and... Um, it's hard to know what to do and how to do it. And after a little while, like initially everyone's there to help you and then after a while everyone gets on with their life and you're sitting there often feeling depressed, sad, lost, confused, not quite sure where to go from there. So one of the things, uh, there is a healthier process to go through and I will say that it doesn't matter how much you resolve the event is sad. You're going to feel sad, and that's a normal thing. If we don't come to terms with it and then start to get into our life again, um, then what happens is we keep focused on it, we keep bringing it up, we can't get on with our life. So when we come to terms with it, which we will talk about, um, then we can move on with life. But we'll always feel sad. If I think of certain events, it's sad, but it doesn't intrude in my life every day. Now, there are two ways we can go. One is denial, like people deny that it's happened and they pretend it hasn't happened or they deny the way they're feeling. Mm. You know, I've had yeah, people who um awful loss and they just, pick up the pieces, get on with it, go back to work, no tears, nothing. And you know that they've got to have buried it because it was a very important loss in their life. Um, so the other, and when you do that, it's like you go on if nothing has happened and then you can get a lot of what we call psychosomatic responses. In other words, because we bury that grief and it is so sad and the body can't cope with it all, it starts to show signs of, um, stress, um, it might upset the gut, you know, they get headaches, there's all sorts of things. And then they start going to doctors and that, but nobody necessarily pinpoints it. So that's one of the things when I work with people, I always check out their losses and what are they grieving as part of recovery, particularly from depression um, and even anxiety. But if you don't, the psychological thing or the emotional thing is you become very depressed and then you go, why am I so depressed? 
Right. So you can have physical health problems or depression. The I other thought, one, which I just find, I just want to have one comment there. I just find it so interesting that you know when we have these external situations happen and grief comes into our life and mentally we have the stress and the struggle and the pain that then it plays yes. out in our physical uh, appearance as well. Our physical bodies are. <laughs> you know, in the gut, like you were saying, or, you know, throughout the, throughout the body. I just find it interesting how everything is so connected. And, uh, I, I was, I was aware of, uh, someone who had inflammation in their body from yes. grief. It was inflammation yes. in the joints. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really yeah. crazy how everything is all connected like that. Well, inflammation is a key element. And uh, it's something I deal with a lot, but grief is a major cause of inflammation and toxicity in the system because you turn everything in and it causes this inflammation on the cellular level and that results in what we call these autoimmune disorders. Um, And I get a lot of people with what they call fibromyalgia and they have massive grief they've never resolved and come to terms with. So this is one of the things I do to help people with their physical problems. Hmm. Um, Often you can see when people are grieving, and others might not pick it up, but often the person looks sad. They're they're, they're just not right. You can see that they're down or even they're slumping and their whole system is down. And uh, if you say something, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And because no, they don't understand that they have buried this and it's not doing them well. How do you help someone who's who's basically doing that? You see it in their eyes, you see it in their face, their body language, everything about them tells you something's wrong. But when you say, how are you? And they say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm good. No problems here. Yeah. Well, if you're a close friend, say, well, I've noticed since this happened, if you know what the loss is, that you haven't quite been right if you had any help. But get them to get professional help. Mm-hmm. If they, because it, but if they stay in that denial, you can only give them some feedback, particularly if you've known them for a long time, because you can say, well, you used to be a really happy person, things didn't bother you, and I've noticed that you, you know you seem really sad, and because people have sad eyes, you know, and I often say, oh, I can see it in your eyes. So how do you know? And I say, well, you look like you've got sad eyes. You know, why is that? Um, and I can explore it because that's why they come to me. But when you're a friend, it's a little bit harder. But it's um, but I think giving feedback and showing some some support and care and compassion, because often after that event, um, particularly say if it's a funeral um, or they've lost everything, like with the floods and all that sort of thing, um, that it's obvious that they're going to grieve. But people don't acknowledge. So I think acknowledging it. Um, with people and say, oh, it was a really hard time for you earlier this year when you had that flood and you must still be feeling bad about that. And, and getting them to talk on those things sometimes is important because everyone else has moved on and forgotten about it. But, yeah. uh, so that support and that care um, is very, very important, particularly in the initial loss, which we talked a bit about last week, when someone has that initial loss to have even a person who comes to rescue them to actually either hug them or do something physically to help them um, makes a huge difference. It's that touch that is very powerful. I uh, um, I was raised by a bunch of rednecks in Northern California. I, I was saying that earlier <laughs> to Lawson, and, and we have this saying, 
that says um, everyone knows how to deal with a kicking cow except for the owner of the kicking cow. And so sometimes <laughs> you have these problems in life uh, like a kicking cow. I mean, uh, everyone, everyone owns cows, you know, <laughs> but for maybe for the people who don't like there are issues like grief and, and sometimes you can have all these people who have all these opinions like, well, you got to do this or you got to do that. Or if you try this or you come up there, but no one has the experience of the owner of the kicking cow. And so just like this, this girl, yeah. uh, who I think we're talking about the same person. Is it Mon? Yeah. So my, my friend Mon, who lost everything, you know, she, you know, she has this kicking cow in her life and everyone's got, and the support system is great too, but I like, I I guess I just want to be careful to not say like, you should be feeling this way or you should be doing this or you should be now doing this because yeah. you don't know that person's experience. You don't know the pain that they're going through. And so I think the support, like what you're saying, just being there talking about it, but yeah, just supporting talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and allowing them, and they might have to talk about it for quite a while, um, and give them some positive feedback or constructive feedback or the support that they need, and even just doing things like, is there anything I can do to help? And sometimes it's very practical things that that person is, because the brain actually becomes quite disoriented after a major loss, um, and that's what, uh, I know I spoke to Mon, and that's what she described. It's like she's wandering around, going, you know, it's like, where am I? What am I doing here? Um, and that is a normal grief response. So if we say, oh, no, you shouldn't be like that, there's something wrong, instead of just accepting it with them. But if it goes on for too long, that's where, you know, I would suggest that who you know, go and get some professional help because there should be, there needs to be a recovery process after a period of time. And grieving is individual. Different people grieve in different ways um, and we can't say that you should be doing it this way or that way. Some people take a long time. Some people come to terms with things very quickly. So, um, yeah, it really is individual. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the other problem, there are two main, like we can go left to denial or we go right to script scene. And the script scene is where you keep going over the past again and again and get stuck in it. And you do it in your mind, but you also often do it verbally. So every time you see a friend, all I hear about is what happened and how awful it was. And, mm. um, yeah, and, and Yes, and it's like that constant repeating. And yeah. even after, sometimes I've had people who've been in that space for years, and the more you talk about it, the worse it gets, and you never recover. You can't resolve it. And it can be depressing. You get, and these are some of the stages of grief. You get really angry. You do a lot of bargaining. If only this hadn't happened. If only that hadn't happened. If only I'd rung them. And we all these things, the if onlys, um, and we never let it go. So then they drive people away because you keep talking about it. And every time I ring her, that's all she, you know, talks about, or he, or whatever. So it, that's another sign that they're not coping well with the grief and the loss. So um, look out for the shouldas and couldas and wouldas. Yes, and they keep going over it again. It's like a broken record. Right. Um, and again, giving that feedback, say, look, it's been a while now and you keep you know, telling me all about it. Maybe you need to speak to someone. Again, professional help is powerful. Sometimes reading a book, watching a video about it, and helping the person, helping them to connect with some resources that can help them to resolve it in a way, and as I said, you can always feel sad about that event, 
but it shouldn't rule your life when you've gone through the grieving process. It's, uh, it becomes part of your life. It's a growth thing. And unfortunately, <laughs> grief is a part of life here on earth. Um, and it has been that way for a long time since sin entered the world. And so I, 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 I love what you're saying that we need to, we need to recognize this. But I think one thing for me that helps is to have that hope, uh, yes. that soon and very soon Jesus is coming back and, uh, and all that grief is going to be taken care of. So, and this is where that relationship with Christ is vital in your recovery from grief. I don't believe without God you can actually come to terms with grief. You get stuck in it. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that and has been he has been everything in my life uh, overcoming grief. So thank you, Jennifer, for joining us and sharing your insight on grief. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.